The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, and welcome to a very special post-Gamescom edition of IGN's resident PlayStation show, coming to you pre-recorded from Gamescom studio stage in Hall 8 of the Kölnmesse Exhibition Center in beautiful Cologne, Germany, which is in Europe, which is not where we usually record. So if you're listening to the audio version of this and there's a dull hum of techno music and yelling in the background that is at least partially on our end, I don't know where you listen to our show. I'm your host, Max Scovel, and I'm joined by my good friends Brian Altano, Stella Chung, and Seth Macy. Beyond. 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 Uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome. I've been doing like a low hum techno for like eight days straight and oh, yeah. plus some screaming so yeah, it fair. could be coming from me now no, full disclosure we are recording this episode on saturday august 26th so if any major news broke since then that we're not talking about that's why or because we just don't want to talk about it so that's uh that's that sack boy has been killed <laughs> he's been sacked another um, suicide by cop and we have <laughs> i can't we can't take you anywhere man um You want a segue, we got it. Speaking of suicide by cop, uh, (laughs) Cyberpunk 2.0. Okay, got it. All right. Yeah, I like that. Let's give it up for Max. Give it up up for Max Scovel. Speaking of segues, they decided to add new vehicles. Um, No, but they're they're adding a ton of stuff to Cyberpunk 2.0. They've also got the whole Phantom Liberty DLC. These things are not like they're not tied together. I think they said the update is coming shortly before the DLC. Mm -hmm. But this is, I think, the first time in the history of video games where I am more excited for a patch than for an expansion pack. And mm. like the, D- the DLC looks really cool as well, but like they just, I, I feel like this is the game that I pre-ordered. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're doing it again, aren't we? I think we're we right are. back there. But the we're right getting, way this getting, time. This time, I yeah. Hope. Well, once, shame on you, me. The, the, list, the, list, <laughs> the list of changes coming just at least to the, the way the base game functions is, again, exactly kind of what they promised us the first time. So there is a little of that, like, uh, I don't know. But yeah. I, I think it'll work. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to pay off. I think they've learned enough over the course of all the different updates that they've been pushing out that they are going to get this right. And all, the patch already fixes a lot of the things that people have been asking for them to kind of update. Um, also, yeah, this this new expansion does look really cool, though. Like, it opens up a whole new era. Idris Elba's in the game. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to be uh, his his best pal. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> can you, Lots of flirting. Can you, kiss, can you kiss Idris Elba? I don't um, Stella, you, you did an interview about this, yeah? I did, yeah. Anything cool come out of that? Yeah, a lot, actually. So a lot of this is supposed to be sort of like a love letter to the community, honestly. Like, they have been listening. They have been talking, uh, taking a lot of feedback, which is great. Um, There's going to be a lot more movement-based stuff, so, like, new moves you can do, um, new vehicles and new vehicular uh, slaughter, I guess you can do. That stuff sounds like not necessarily the slaughter, but, like, the (laughs) vehicle interaction, Yes. like, in the base game, 
left a lot to be desired. Yeah. You no, can so you can slash people's tires as you go by on the motorcycle. That's so oh, what? Right? Yeah. No, that's Beth, so cool. Did you play? Did you play Cyberpunk? Let me tell you a little story about <laughs> Cyberpunk. I played it the day it came out on my PC. Sorry, uh, and I don't want to spoil like the beginning, but there's a pretty heavy moment in the beginning of the game mm -hmm. uh, where the but because it was the day one edition. Oh no. The character was. Like floating oh my uh, over my car uh, halfway <laughs> okay. through, but there was collision detection. Oh so no! Like, gung, gung. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! But I've played it since, and it's okay. It's great now. Yeah. It's a super good game. I mean, I played it day one on. Uh, I, well, I, I played on PS5, but I was playing the PS4 version. Oh, oh okay. which is the weird realization the, that like that was yeah. we approached that as a next-gen game. Yes, and I they the added thing. the next-gen game for the versions like what like a year <laughs> later or something. And like the funny thing is, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk right now about how like Baldur's Gate is like an incredibly polished, you know, a wonderful game, and everyone's really impressed with it. Uh, but it also had like three years of early access. Yeah. 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 And in a sense, Cyberpunk kind of did too. Yeah. Like if they had released this game now, I mean, they've obviously been working on the expansion and stuff too, but like if this, if everything they've got in the updates here was there day one, yeah. Uh, I mean, it would be a very different narrative around this game. They should have just said early access. Yeah, box. I was gonna, like, they could have, they would have had a much smaller headache by charging yeah. full price mm -hmm. for an early access game than the headache that they had with what I, they did release. I played all of Cyberpunk entirely with a samurai sword. That was like my oh only my God, thing. It's so you didn't fun. use a controller? No. Well, like, <laughs> oh my God, dude. <laughs> well, like my thing was I would run around and uh, slash people, and you could chop off their heads. Yes. And since it, the game was really early and really buggy, you would cut their head off, and it would just shoot up into the <laughs> sky like a bottle rocket and just never come down, and it was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. So that's like, there's some stuff I wish they could like keep some of the bugs in. You yeah. Know? Like some of the weird. But they definitely do, which is good. Like, you know, you still get random T-posing, which is really funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Oh, also. So in the trailer that we just saw there, another thing that's really important is that there are going to be supply drops that you can intercept in the new area. And it's really cool because sometimes they drop new mods that you can install or new weapons. So it's like you're really enticed to go and try to intercept these things. I like so, that. So, yeah, there's a lot more, like, interactive, like, in-city things that you can do now, which is great. So it's it makes like it feel the, more alive. the little balloon packages in Animal Crossing. <laughs> you know? You should... it's, yeah, where do they come from, though? At least this one makes sense. It's, like, supply drops from another agency coming to them. But where do they... Same deal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Now, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 it's weird because I'm like, I want to go back and play this again. It's been long enough. One of my concerns is I really hate how long it takes to get into that game and for it to yeah. open. Yeah. It's like yeah. A, it's like a 10-hour tutorial in a sense. Yeah. And I think, I hope, I'm hoping the DLC, you can kind of just jump in, but I'm not sure if that's the case or not. Yeah, I don't know either. I would probably, I would guess you probably have to do like a little one hour, two hour sort of introduction thing to get the well, story rolling. Well, I mean, you along, just have but. to do, you just have to be past the intro, I think, and then you can approach this. There is a certain thing that you have to trigger to get into the actual city area, but once you're in there, you can easily pivot, like you can drive into the city, you can drive into Dogtown from the main city, mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. So it's really seamless, and they oh, okay. try to do their best to make it like really part of that world. It's just kind of in this like other part of town. So it's really cool. I'm like, I'm like weirdly disappointed that it's it's in Night City. Like I was totally hoping <laughs> it would be like an orbital colony or like an offshore thing. I know, yeah. Because like Neuromancer has like a big uh, like orbital space colony, and then Snow Crash has like a big floating thing. And I was yeah. like, these are both like you know fundamental pieces of cyberpunk fiction, and it would be so cool to get to explore something like that. But it's really hard to make a new thing. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dog, Dogtown is kind of a. I feel like that's kind of an ode to uh, the what's it called, the Pit in Johnny Mnemonic, which is like, it's it's like this whole weird raised area where like I think. <laughs> I think in the movie, it's. I think Ice T is there. What? Is Ice T in Johnny Mnemonic? Yeah, he's in Johnny Mnemonic. 
<laughs> I have never seen that, so. It's a, uh, it's, I haven't it's, seen it in a while. It's, really? Okay. It, I mean, it'd be interesting to watch it now because of how much cyberpunk DNA it has. Like, yeah. It's very, okay, yeah. like, it's got a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, similar stuff going on. I mean, yeah. it's got Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um, oh, perfect. He has over 40 gigabytes of storage in his brain. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a true... Yeah. True fact. It's uh, like six or seven Blu-rays. It's mm -hmm. crazy. That's a yeah. lot, yeah. Now, uh, Phantom Liberty DLC is out September 26th. I'm stoked about that. The you know update's coming so shortly before that. Uh, something that is on the way that we we really don't really have a date on is uh, Off the Grid, which is uh, Neil Blomkamp's uh, Battle Royale 2.0. Uh, mm -hmm. We got a new trailer for that. We got our first look at gameplay. We got to interview him. Yeah. Uh, this game is really fascinating i think it's i'm still i think some some skeptic skepticism is is fair just because it's been it's sort of hard to get a, a full shape of it but like i like what they're doing <laughs> i do too i think it's got a lot of style and personality it's surprisingly funny the actual gameplay itself i was a little like okay like the the art direction looks great i like the the gunplay and stuff like that but there are very like noticeable technical issues happening in what we're seeing right now. Like a lot of people in the uh, IGN comments were pointing out that it drops to like 10 frames per second during kind of heated sequences and stuff like that. But I dig it a lot. Um, the story is basically in the not so distant future, there are three big video game companies. <laughs> I guess mm. you can guess who, yeah. who uh, effectively like set up like this uh, island competition between people to survive. So it's like uh, Running Man meets the console wars, I guess. Pretty cool. much. And <clears throat> yeah, they, yeah um, you unlock cybernetic yeah. upgrades for your arms and stuff like that, and they make a fund fundamental difference in how like you interact and compete. And none of them are weapons, right? Like you get weapons in the world. There's drops and stuff like that, but you. Like, they made a rule for themselves that if, like, we're going to enhance our legs or arms, uh -huh. you don't, like, just get grenade arms or something uh. like that. So... Count me out. I know. I know. It was a huge. I like the idea of no. grenade arms. Yeah, you uh, trigger yeah. them and they just you can't do anything. Yeah, right. Arms just blow up. It's uh, it's got a lot of personality and it's surprisingly funny so, and goofy so far. That's which what I, I wanted to hit on is I think it's like it's kind of just a whole send up of like gamer culture in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like there's the there's the shot of um, the sort of DJ Twitch streamer guy who's who's named Cobra and he's played by Charlotte Copley and he's got a bunch of stuff in the background. If you look closely, there's like there's like parodies of video game publishers. Like there's a poster that says like. <laughs> You be hard, and it's yeah. got like a very yeah. similar logo to Ubisoft. And then there's one that EA is like you, Eat, or it's like yeah. Eat Union or something. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a, a poster for like uh, Doctor Scorn, which is like mm -hmm. doc, just Doctor yeah. Disrespect. Uh, but the you know yeah the whole hook that like in the future. Uh, you know, Twitch streaming is so intense that gamers are just literally killing each other. Like yeah. the, that character apparently is like, he's like a lobotomized cyborg Twitch streamer, and he's like oh he's only God. functional when he's like online, like literally <laughs> online. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The, the stuff we saw early on is like Ew. aesthetically cool, but also just sort of, Ew. you know, there's no sense of like of tone. It, it honestly kind of just looked like futuristic PUBG. I and mean, yeah, it's I I don't know. Looking at the gameplay, I love what they're doing with setting up the universe, but like. The gameplay, I, I, I hate the UI so much. The UI looks like a mess. It looks like they threw in 12 different fonts from, like, different <laughs> games and just meshed that's together. That's fair. I mean, Which, like, yeah. I get if that's the thing they're trying to do. They're trying to satirize, like, the entire Battle Royale genre. But, like, do it well. Mm -hmm. And, like, the, the gunplay doesn't look that great to me because I play a lot of Battle Royales, and it just looks like a mobile game. And it, it looks like it handles like it, too. The movement doesn't look great, which it's, they didn't show that much of. It's Yeah, it is, a, it is like, I said, like uh, I think the technical side of things right now are a little janky. I feel like this game is either like 
will be out sooner than it needs to be or very, very that far was, I away. was going to ask yeah. like, how far out. Yeah. No, it's, it's not even a conversation about yeah. it. Yeah. Like, there's, we've gotten a lot of like cutscene trailers and like again it's a studio that people haven't really heard of and it's a director who makes movies attached yeah. to it and like I want this to be good I want this to work but it's you know again it's a far it's, it's a ways off and like we kind of have to wait and see uh, but like I, I guess I wasn't expecting it to be so Blood Dragon you know like it's got it's got some like it's got that sort of uh, you know the, the gl- again glitchy deliberately glitchy UI yeah. is like a, it's a, an aesthetic choice but UI is something you have to deal with like it's something you have to actually exactly. it has to function and like yeah yeah um, yeah, like, yeah. I do not like how this looks. This look, Why do I have lower thirds for my attachments and, like, whatever else I have? I there's do a, not I, like it. There's a lot of, like, Windows 95 in yeah. there. Yeah. I was, you know? I was just about to say, can I just say, actually, I really like the UI a lot. Yeah. It's got, a, like, a kind of a Vaporwave uh, aesthetic. Definitely. Outrun aesthetic Definitely. That I like. Yeah, yeah 90s, 90s PC shooter, basically. Yeah, but I'm also a huge dork. Yeah. So. <laughs> I want to I see more. Um, but, yeah, on that note, uh, we need to take a quick break. But when we return, we're going to be talking about two things that honk geese and trucks. <laughs> Happy fifth birthday, Max. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things about Gamescom is it puts a bunch of games on my radar that I wasn't already aware of. Um, also, sometimes get, games get revealed. I want to talk about the, the little games in a second, but one that just got revealed that I think is going to be of interest to our audience uh, in particular is Little Nightmares 3, yeah. which is sort of a known quantity. That's, that's, a, that's a really cool series. The key thing about this that I think is very fascinating is it's being developed by Supermassive Games, who we've seen do they did Until Dawn, they yep. did the you know the Dark Pictures anthology. Uh, they have like a pretty awesome pedigree in like you know big kid horror, and yeah. now they're doing like storybook horror, and that is we got an interesting detail about this one. Um, it's got co-op, mm-hmm. but the co-op is online only because they want you to be alone <laughs> in your house when you play it. And I'm like, all right, there's probably a technical reason for that, yeah, uh, but. I buy it. Yeah, That's we'll fun. take it. We'll, we'll take yeah. it. It was when they were accepting the award. We're just like, all right, you can yeah. have that. <laughs> so I think it's also it's also a, a stylistic choice because in addition to being like alone and scared or whatever, it's also uh, I think the way the game is set up, they. They want you to focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, that's true. And it is very, uh, not exactly cinematic, but it's got like set pieces and stuff. And if yeah. you've got one person off doing one thing at the same yeah. time, it's kind of tricky on that sense. But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy to see this. I don't think I ever finished the second one, but I really, I, did, I do like these games a lot. Yeah, me too. They're, I'm, uh, I'm glad this is a thing that's continuing. Yeah. yeah. They're uh, very spooky games, though. Like, the first one, I was playing it, and I was like, okay. I, I was doing it for a charity stream where I usually just play horror games. And I was like, oh, okay, this should be fine. This should be, you know, it shouldn't be that bad. But I had to, like, lower the volume because the atmosphere is just so creepy. And the story that you, it's not even a story where you read things. You know, you just visually go through it. And it's so well done. And the fact that I can probably bring in one of my mods or, like, you know, a partner to play this, I think it'd be really fun. But it, it does make me think, like, what other mess up thing are we going to do at the end of this right yeah seth have you messed with these games at all i have not but i am looking at this right now and i'm thinking yeah this is something i need to do like you get this big scary baby boy who comes big, tries to squish you with his big chunky hands did you see that big baby boy in on the show floor he's no. huge yeah he goes from like floor to ceiling wait really you missed him they inflated him yeah his they, foot's like the size of you 
I'll go check out a big inflatable <laughs> ABL, but I appreciate uh, Now, a smaller game that popped up that I got to actually go interview the devs about is called the Thaumaturge, which is a word that most people probably don't know, but it means like a miracle worker, basically another kind of magician. Uh, and uh, this one is being developed by Fool's Theory, who have, they're not like a super known quantity. They're doing the Witcher remake, and they worked as support okay. for Larian. They did some stuff for Baldur's Gate and Divinity, I believe. Uh, but this game is basically, it's uh, it's it's definitely got some, um, oh my god, I'm totally drawing a blank for the, 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 the game where you talk to your own mental illnesses. Uh, your own what? The, you talk to your own like addictions and stuff. What's oh. that one? Oh, uh, I don't think I know what you're talking about. I, I totally either. do. I completely forgot the name of it. <laughs> uh, but no, it's a but it's like that one. Isometric yeah. adventure. Um, okay. And you, uh, you basically it's it's role playing game with a lot of morally gray stuff. And the thing that's oh. cool is basically you are it's in like 1905 uh, Warsaw, so pr you know uh, pre World War II, uh, and it's dealing with like you know historical political context at the time, but like. And it's got it's got major fantasy elements. You have like right. demons that you summon, and you can like, yeah. basically treat them like personas. But it's they went so far to like dig up like ancient maps and like Ooh. find make make as historically accurate of a Warsaw as they could. So it's oh. like historical fiction, <laughs> but also fantasy stuff. Yeah. Right? Oh That's my cool. god. Um, yeah. It's everything I oh, like. These are really cool designs. Yeah. The monsters are gnarly. They're very cool looking. Oh ew. Yeah, this game is completely on my radar. I mean, it's like, I love that sort of period of European history, and I love spooky uh, flesh monsters and uh, chickens Ugh. with pecker eyes. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. I will watch you play this. I'm I'm okay. Although, that little thing right there looked really cool, the way that he summoned magic. Oh, mm -hmm. my God, that looks really cool. Um, yeah, I'm this one I just totally, totally jumped out at me. It was one of those things I was like, oh, I'll go check it out, and it's... Uh, it looks it looks really 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like I cannot believe I totally forgot that it every, it was like almost our game of the year. You play as like the detective. You got to like go and and you got you got like voices in your head that you talk to. Oh, uh, Disco Elysium. There, there we go. How do you forget a name like Disco Elysium? <laughs> I love Disco and Elysium. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So that that's a game to kind of pay okay, attention cool. to. Uh, another one that's a definitely a, a massive massive game that we. Uh, you know, have been aware of, but also I think we got like a closer look at it is uh, where wins meet. And yeah. Brian, you got to interview the devs about that. I did. This one just keeps getting bigger and crazier. Like, I feel like every time it pops up, there's just more and more to it. Uh, it's this sort of massive open world martial arts game. There's sword fighting. Um, but the thing that I really like about it is that there's a lot of weird animal stuff, and you're kind of a total nuisance <laughs> to the animal. Oh. Like, there's there is a scene that we saw where like there's a bear and it's sleeping, and you yeah. just walk up and you kind of like smack it. <laughs> and he wakes up and he's like, what the hell, man? And starts yeah. to fight you. And then you can do stuff like he'll growl at you and you can capture his growl in like a big pot and throw it back at him. Ah, uh, growl pot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it then cut to another scene where there's just like seven geese on fire and they're just like, you know, hanging out. And I don't, so, yeah, here we go. So this is a, this, this is you being a real pain in the patoot to a nice sleeping Winnie the Pooh over here who is just having a great time. Yeah. Dreaming about and, yeah, and you bees come, and honey and stuff. Yeah, you come along to now, just kind of like mess with him. You know, take his stuff. Yeah. You worked hard to get is, that food. It definitely looks funnier than I was expecting. Yes. And it's I feel like usually with games like this they don't showcase the sort of goofy GTA side of things mm -hmm. or like the I don't know, it's I'm 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 very interested in this. I want to see more. It also I am sort of concerned with how how big it continues to seem to get. Like it seems like a it's, massive the world is ambitious. huge. Like we saw stuff where the characters flying in the sky basically <laughs> yeah. doing acrobatics. Whoa. But then you land and you can do stuff like you watch yeah. um, you study a frog's movements okay. and then oh. learn them learn frog and powers. incorporate them in part of your your fighting style. Okay. Cool. Now, um, 
game that's actually sort of out, it's kind of had a rocky start, is Wayfinder. And right. you got to talk to yeah. about that. I, I, I did. What is this game? Like, I don't, I haven't been paying attention. So it's actually an MMORPG, which I was not expecting to see one of those games come out in this climate. It's mostly mm. like RP, or I'm sorry, it's mostly like uh, battle royales and stuff that are coming out, right, right? Right, Yeah, so to incorporate an MMORPG in this day in gaming is kind of mm -hmm. interesting but apparently players really like the art style apparently the gameplay is very fun but the thing is this game launched in early access um, you can pay $20 to get into early access and what happened was that the servers just weren't prepared for the amount of people that were going to try to log in so a lot of players were yeah. not able to play um, and they had issues where you know they couldn't also return their game to Steam because they waited for so long in queues. Oh, so yeah. there was a lot that happened, but Wayfinder, they, they did a great job of releasing lots of updates and saying, hey, we know we messed up. Like, they specifically said, hey, yeah. we messed up. This sucks. We don't want this to happen. So they actually ended up going into the shop and adjusting a lot of the price points for in-game purchases that you can do. That's cool. Um, it's a good, yeah. good. Yeah. They're also trying to make find ways to make sure that people who did lose time get time back, which is yeah. great. That's so cool. being able to talk to them, it's, it's very clear how much they do love their community and how much they do want to see this blossom. That's good. I mean, and, it yeah. sucks because there was like a huge backlash on Steam and they got a bunch of negative reviews and stuff. And I think, yeah, yeah which I, are there forever now. Yeah, hopefully yeah. That, that sort of tide turns. Uh, one game that kind of uh, was on my radar, and Seth, I feel like you're, you're in on this too, is Expeditions, a mud runner game. Oh. Damn straight. <laughs> That's the whole reason I came to Gamescom. Truck stuff. <laughs> Was to see truck stuff <laughs> and the chainsaws and snow and okay. mud. You know what this one? This one is basically like we played SnowRunner. It's basically like Death Stranding with a truck kind yeah, of. It's I feel like rules. you just drive a truck around, you know, and you just huh. go hills and stuff. And it's it's like, it's that's definitely like I would say like a light simulation. And this seems like. It's it's pretty it's pretty simmy, but yeah. like more physics based than like I don't know the, like look at that look yeah, at that this one no. it almost seems to me like it's the oh. if if SnowRunner <laughs> and MudRunner are the sort of like are the are the Forza Motorsport <laughs> yes. this is this is the Forza Horizon okay. because in this one you basically oh. have a drone and you send it up and you fly it around and you look for stuff and you because it's a drone it so can go anywhere huh. and then you find cool stuff with like your metal detector or your lidar or whatever and then you have to drive to it yeah can okay. I just give a shout out to whoever cut this trailer because it said to scout and they were driving an international scout. Hey. Oh my god. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I don't know. I just like big old trucks. Dude, like mud. <laughs> I, I put so many hours into yeah. SnowRunner. It's so fun. I it's mean, when I was playing it, this thing clicked where I was like, oh, <laughs> this is the closest I've had in a video game to playing with Tonka trucks yes. in the sandbox yeah. as a kid. Right, yeah. right. And, uh, do you see those realistic jerry cans? I love jerry cans. I do jerry cans. So cool. Yeah. yeah the, the gas cans. Yeah. Okay. Jerry cans. Wow, check <laughs> out okay. Brian over here not knowing what a jerry can is. I don't know what a jerry can is. Jeez. I, don't know. I love that you two are nerding out about this, but Brian and I are like, it's cool. You but truck stuff. Um, I was planning on dying without learning what a <laughs> yeah. jerry can is. Well, I have bad news because we're going to talk about more truck stuff in just a second. Yes. Uh, we're going to have a uh, stimulating conversation about some simulations, but first, a quick break. So one thing that's extremely huge at Gamescom is simulations. Uh, they have them for everything. These are these things that, you know, they blow up on, on PC, and they frequently make their way to PlayStation. Uh, and there's a bunch of them being shown off on the show floor, and they're just, like, they're so much more fun to look at than just, like, regular de demo kiosks. Like, they just get, like, the entire front of a truck, <laughs> and they have, like, TVs inside it, people are playing yeah. it. Uh, Seth, you get to check some of these out. Oh, yeah. I went on a simulation <laughs> tour yesterday. <laughs> I played back-to-back. I played uh, Bus Simulator uh -huh. 22. I played Firefighting Simulator. There's no no name on that one as far as the year. Uh, what else did I play? Um, 
Oh, there was another one. I, I played basically as many Sims as I could. Did you say Bus Simulator 22? Bus Driver Driving Simulator. Okay. How slow is 22. that bus that it's a year late? Uh, I mean, a lot, I mean of these a lot of these games are already out. I think they're just like, oh, okay. they want to give people a chance to play them sure. with like a oh, big Oh, yeah, setup. you're right. And it's again, it's the kind of game that sounds amazingly boring. Mm -hmm. Yes. But then people, I think, often get hooked on them. Right. The I played the first time I played Bus Driver Simulator <laughs> was uh, at like PAX East 2018. And I was okay. like, well, this would be like a, a whatever kind of thing. And I was playing it and I was having a really good time. And I never thought I'd have so much fun following rules. But you kind of, you have to huh. do everything like, you have to park the bus perfectly. You have to open the door at a certain amount of time, but you also have to close it at a certain amount of time. And yesterday when I was going along, the, it kept giving me this warning. It's like, there's a person listening to loud music on your bus. And I didn't know how to <laughs> set him up, but all I could hear was like this booming techno music. <laughs> Wait, and so you, are, do you have to tell the person in the back of the bus? Yeah, you'd be like, hey, get off my bus. Oh You're my too God. loud. Or you give them a Vulcan neck pinch like in Star Trek Four. Wait, so. really? You could pinch people? Yes, it's a pinch. Well, no, that's only a pinch simulator. Okay. <laughs> Uh, now they, one that is actually a new game that's I think it's coming out uh, in October is called Alaskan Road Truckers, which I think is just Ice Road Truckers, the game. Huh. Uh, but this has one of my one of the, my favorite taglines for a game ever, which is "Be a trucker, not a truck." <laughs> It's also just like a motivational saying. I feel like we were like yeah. extremely delirious when we saw this sign on yeah. the Gamescom show floor on Monday, and Max and I were just like cackling. Because it's like the, the whole thing is that instead of just driving a truck around, you can get out of the yeah. truck oh. and, and chop stuff down and yeah. chainsaw stuff and be a real a real mess oh, of a man. Oh, you can! Look at that! Yeah, you got to plug oh. in the plug in stuff, oh, do stuff with your legs and hands and such. Check no. hands look weird, though. Maybe that's from driving. Yeah, that's he's got driver's <laughs> hands. Look at that. So. You gas it up. Wait, okay, this actually looks you got, so oh, you cool. Oh, my God. I just love this because it is, I mean, that's that incredibly weird tagline is, like, something I do appreciate about these games is yeah. like you know it's you don't want to be a I, I, being a truck is probably pretty fun. No, I this is why video games sadness. are like uh, they yeah. let us live our most wild and crazy escapist fantasies, such as drinking a coffee. I've <laughs> never had a chance to do that. I haven't done that six times already today, so I think it's good yeah. to yeah. you know I mean, spend a, some money and do it. On a more exciting note, there's also there's I think it's firefighting simulator. I believe it has a subhead, the squad. Which yeah, is yeah. Like uh, this one, I realize is something that I've sort of been like. I, don't know, I, I remember wishing for this a, a while ago. I, I feel like it's. I wish for something a little bit more arcadey. But this is it, like the idea of a Far Cry game or like Far Cry fire physics, except you're trying to make the fire go away yeah. instead of fire cry. To, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's this is they have like a co-op one where like a bunch of people have to go and like they got to get the hoses and go in the house. Yeah. And this, is, this is out. This is out there right now, and I honestly want to. Did you see check the, it out. the truck guy got outside in the cold and he had a, or just had a t-shirt on? So that, that leads me to believe he's a you real can, idiot. You can probably die from exposure, but no, uh, that's yeah. definitely real truckers. Like. Yeah. They they don't care about the weather. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but yeah, the, the, the firefighting one is fight like, fires with your friends. Dude, That's the best I part. bet you have to make sure that the hoses stay like straight because totally. if yeah. they kink up, then you know you don't get any water. Was, That's I, gonna be something you have to manage. I, I don't. I'm not sure, but I think I saw in a in, in like a, a gameplay clip. Someone turned the hose on, and it was like, it was like in a cartoon where the hose gets all wiggly. <laughs> I might, I might have imagined it, but like I really hope that's the case. Yeah. Um, there's one. Uh, I wish we had a, a clip of this. I tried to get the video, but it didn't work. Oh. Uh, it's called H HDC Challenge, which is heavy duty construction challenge. Oh, yeah. you have socks for that. And they yeah. have a whole like rig set up. Yeah. You got to drive. Tell, tell us about it. It's this. awesome. It's this great. It's like three screens in front of you, and you're sitting on this like hydraulic chair that moves with the terrain that you're traversing. And the whole idea. You want to get through this like crazy obstacle course in you know a certain amount of time, and uh, it is unbelievably fun to play in that chair. Like when I almost rolled the truck over, I I 
like kind of braced myself because I felt like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be injured huh. now. But I, I want wasn't. I want games like this to start being made as like spinoffs of other games that are like. I like, did that right there. If there was one that was like Spider-Man web removal, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Like you lived in Manhattan and you just have you're like this goddamn yeah. guy got his webs all over the <laughs> building again. You're up there pulling them down. Or I mean, what I love about like car repairs, you know, from the Avengers running through your city and oh, like God, yeah. your car as a weapon. You return all the manholes that <laughs> yeah. Spider Man threw all over the place. Great. Uh, I mean, it's funny because we're getting like the Power Wash Simulator DLC where it's like, yes. you gotta clean SpongeBob's house. He's mm -hmm. underwater, how's that gonna work? Or like, you gotta clean up Midgar. And it's like, yeah, you do. It's a mess down there. Horrible. You gotta go Power Wash Lara Croft's house and okay. probably don't even get to see her. The, yeah, the butler comes gonna... out and it's like, you missed a spot or whatever. I don't know. She's That's... too rich to have a dirty house like that. Yes, yeah, true. true. You do, I think you probably pressure wash tombs, which seems like a real, I mean, it's even worse than raiding them. You're just like destroying ancient antiquities. Yeah, and that, that feels like a weird way to uh, awaken a furious spirit not great yeah <laughs> i don't know i kind of i think like a, they need to put the pressure washer in like in, in other games you know i mm -hmm. think they need to make a, like a i'm telling you you gotta CSGO. take the webs down whatever <laughs> i want i want to just to put it in call of duty like what happens oh my God. what happens clean up the blood in the face yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just like stop stop <laughs> uh but no that's i don't know that i'm just i'm happy there's so many sims some of these i i, I this happens every game so i'm like i gotta check that out and then i just don't but like i don't know oh, maybe i'll do that they're so granular there, i, I mean, love them it's there's that thing where you see like a really I remember seeing like there was a there was like a trailer somebody cut for farming simulator that had like Skrillex and it was like <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and it was like no scope you know, 360 kills whatever it was, oh and it's like God. you're just driving a grain harvester and then like yeah. flipping it and I was just like I want to play this game and then I played it and it's like getting into it is the it's yeah. There's yeah. a curve. What's crazy is they've sort of they embraced that, and if you go on the show floor right now and watch the uh, the trailer for their new hay bale stacking uh, activity, it is like that. It's like crazy they're doing like. Popping wheelies had, and flying through the air. They had a tournament. Yeah, like they did. What? Like there's an esport. E e yeah, of, of professional uh, farm simulator hay, players. Hay, hay bale stacking. Stacking hay bales. Hay bales. Huh. Uh, now, Seth, Stella, yes. you guys have both been out on the show floor a whole yeah. bunch. You've seen some really cool stuff. Uh, Seth, what, what have you seen that you really? really uh, well, I mean, like obviously the retro area is my favorite part, but this is a PlayStation podcast, so you can talk about it. Well, the retro area is freaking amazing. <laughs> Are Everyone PlayStation's should. retro yet? Yes, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, PlayStation, yeah. original PlayStation is 100% retro. But it came out 10 years ago. Oh, no. no yeah. <laughs> yeah, last year uh, there was there was a group of small children playing uh, rock band on Wii under the sign that said yep. retro game area. Yep. And I just felt myself withering. <laughs> Turning into dust. Uh, yeah. what, what kind of stuff did you, did you see? Like that was. I mean, there's like basically every Nintendo 64 variation ever, every GameCube, like the rarest Nintendo Switch. It's here. There's like 10 of them in the whole entire world. But then there's just like crazy like old PCs that I love, like Commodores and Amigas. And they have the uh, the Commodore SX64, which is a luggable. It's like a suitcase computer with a five-inch screen on it <laughs> that I love. Absolutely just want one very badly. They're, they're kind of expensive. Yeah. Now. Like yeah. It's just like for da it was dad stuff. A lot of dads. Yeah. A lot of dad energy there. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's something I really do love about Gamescom, though, is that it's like you, games you can play wherever like that's the whole yeah. point is yeah. they, they eventually come to your house but like you know you can actually check out some cool museum stuff it's yeah. also it's big enough to support something like that right you can have an entire area where like you can't really have that at like new york comic-con or like mm -hmm. even like a pax yeah. right um yeah so anyway uh we need to take a quick break but in just a second we're going to talk about some um some stuff about playstation we're not particularly happy <laughs> about so stick around Ooh. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. 
Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So we love PlayStation here on Podcast Beyond, and a lot of other people also like PlayStation, and tens of thousands of those people attended Gamescom, but unfortunately, PlayStation did not, and it's kind of a bummer, uh, yeah, yeah. especially in comparison to what you know the other two you know, console manufacturers did, and I don't yeah. want to be all like, you know... I, I, <laughs> Feels like not, it feels like we're kind of missing out on, on stuff. And, and uh, now, Stella, you're a regular on Podcast Unlocked, which yes. is our Xbox show. Which we're going to hear comments about, by the way. It's, we're all friends. <laughs> they all play the same games. It's all fine. Get it's over fake. It. It's fake. None of it's uh, real. It doesn't matter. None no, of it's like, real. Let's, I want to talk. I, this, someone's going to get mad about this. Yeah. Whatever. I want to talk about what, what, the X, what Xbox and Nintendo did respectively, and then talk about what Sony could have done. Uh, I know. Yeah. So, what, was, what was going on at the Xbox booth? Like what? Yeah. So Xbox, they had 
Ghost Runner, Overwatch 2. They it's, have it's their biggest booth ever. Yeah, it well, yeah, they kicked us out of our old spot. Yeah. So <laughs> they took the good bathrooms away from us. But yeah, they have, you know, they have a huge thing, a huge theater for Starfield, just the first 20 minutes of it, which they don't even have a playable copy here, but people still pile in to watch the first 20 minutes of that game. Um, there's also Towerborn, which I've never heard of, but it's here. Same with Microsoft Flight Simulator. There's actual like simulation booths you can go in and play there's at. There's like a Sea of Thieves tattoo parlor. Yeah, yeah like, like little airbrush. They're just like really celebrating a lot of the stuff underneath yeah. their umbrella and also and like, you know, just every everything about Xbox right now, like they have all the Starfield special edition stuff yes. and the, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, yeah, they're just like, hey, we're you know we're proud of what we're what's going on right now, and let's do it. You yeah, know, and they, I mean, they spent a bunch of money on it. Clearly, it's like I can understand why maybe Sony didn't want to do that. It's also, I mean, I'm sure it's a huge pain in the ass to make a giant booth, but like it also clearly made a lot of people really happy. Like yeah. people are flocking to this thing and checking it out. People are taking pictures on like a fake motorcycle or like you know <laughs> posing next to a real car. Yeah. But like it, it's. It, it's not even all like new stuff. They don't have to have like no. new stuff that they're promoting. Like Starfield's, you know, clearly a big deal. But, oh like, yeah. yeah, a bunch of that stuff that's been out for a while. Yeah, uh, and Nintendo didn't have anything new. No, no. yeah. Like Seth, what was going on at the Nintendo? Booth? The newest thing Nintendo has is everybody one two switch. Yeah, which nobody likes. Yeah, nobody <laughs> but they have it here. They have a little stage, and people are still like lining up and playing it. And um, they just have like a wall that's sort of like Mario's history going up and. You're lucky, like me. You meet Mario and Luigi. Oh. I, I met them. Not kind of a, kind of a big deal. They had like, yeah, they had like people in costumes. I don't know if I actually got a, a photo. What Here, was, here's oh, a picture they're, they're, of. Uh, oh wait, got, no, this is Brian. Brian popping yeah. out of the, the war. Uh, yeah, they just have like a, it's a celebration <laughs> of Nintendo. There's, they're not showing anything new. They have yeah. a stage where people are like playing. They, you know, they're showing like live tournaments of like Mario Kart and people yeah. playing Splatoon three. And then there are, there are kiosks to play Twilight or excuse me, Tears of the Kingdom, which came out what three months ago, two yeah. months ago. People were lined up the line was full to play a game that came out two months. They have New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe, which is a port of like a 14-year-old game at yeah. this point. Like that, like to Max's point, like that's something Sony could have done is just yeah. just celebrate your history a little bit. Like yeah. they're old enough now to do that. Sony has been like they've had this like too cool for school energy this whole generation when it comes to stuff like this. And granted, you know, we had a global pandemic in the middle of it, right? But they used to do a thing called PSX, which was a dedicated conference uh, for PlayStation. It wasn't just a conference. It was a place where people... It was people, a celebration. It was Sony, a celebration. Like, was, Sony's the only one that's done that to my yeah, knowledge. Yeah. Like, you know, Xbox and Nintendo haven't done, like, a dedicated convention. No, no. And, like, I understand, like, maybe they don't have enough to fill a whole convention, but to have, like, a presence at one, like, yeah. you think that would be doable. Dude, people would have like, lost their mind. They have, PlayStation. I mean, here's, here's this young, young fellow here. Like, this is from, I think, PSX 2017 or whatever, and it's just, they, you know, they had a bunch of new games showed off. They had a bunch of, you know exciting stuff but like they could have set up they could have set up a tv playing a spider-man you know gameplay demo on loop yeah. next oh to God. that giant spider-man that they had not even from the new game just put up the old one drag it so out of storage cool. yeah <laughs> and like it the thing that blows my mind and we're going to talk a little bit about our feelings on this this thing in a second but during gamescom sony announced new hardware like revealed yeah. new hardware like yeah. we got the the project q is officially the playstation portal uh during, while we were at Gamescom, they had a hands-on event, and IGN's Bo Moore went and did a whole preview of it. I'm like, couldn't couldn't you have like mailed one yeah. to Gamescom? Like, oh, they only have the one. <laughs> it's gonna oh, be, yeah, yeah they're wait, waiting for the rest to show up. But uh, I mean, like, I remember at GDC one year. I mean, they've done this several times where they just have new hardware on display under a glass case. Yeah, people yeah. are flocked around it and yeah. checking it out because it's cool to see new stuff in person. And I think you know. Holding one of these things would probably convince some people to buy it, even though it's sort of a you know a, a eh. iffy thing. But like, yeah. so, like Sony <laughs> could have just 
just put up uh, just put up demo stations of old games. Put up anything. As you can see, VR. like yeah, yeah, that people will line up for games that are old and yeah. play them here because it's just a fun thing to do. Yeah, and it's also like PlayStation VR is a is a thing you really have to kind of experience. Yeah, and uh, you know a lot of people aren't going to really jump on it without trying it first. Right, and as gross as it is, that's a, a convention's a great place to do that. Yep, right. You know, yeah. that's I you know demoed PSVR one a million years ago at like at a bunch of shows and it was it was cool you didn't know what you're getting like it was yeah. it was a big surprise and like i i just don't get it you know it's well, a, it's a it's a drag yeah i mean for like the last two since the playstation 5 released like it was almost impossible to get and now you can like everyone can go get them so like let's just get together and be like hell yeah we all have a playstation 5 now we don't have to i mean they, spend two thousand they had a thing at psx which was just a wall that had like the playstation logos on it that people were coming up and signing their name in. And it was Aww. like this awesome community thing. It's a very That's simple so nice. thing. And it's just a, a fun thing to be like, hey, we're part of the PlayStation community. We're fans. Like, let's celebrate it. They could have had AstroBot. Yeah. There's so much. I was just going to say, like, yeah. that yeah. maybe the greatest, like, celebration of PlayStation's history is yeah. AstroBot's uh, mm -hmm. playground on PlayStation Dude, I 5. I loved that game. It's so fun. And then it's like, I got a memory card. Yeah. Do you just of all the consoles you put out. Yeah. Yes. Like, there's just little things that, like, go a long way here. Yeah. And I'm, it's not that I'm, I'm not shaming them. I understand, like, these things are hard to pull off. But, like, I miss them. Yeah. I miss coming here. And, like, now that Xbox is here and they're huge, Nintendo has a huge booth, like, Sony should be here. Yeah, they're not. I mean, the stupid thing is, is that we're like, they should do this, and they're selling, they're selling millions of consoles. They're doing fine. Yeah, they're, they don't need to, and that's like, I, that's the the part that's a bummer. Is like, there's really, I mean, what's what? There's no. No but information suggesting that they should do anything to deviate what they're doing. The thing yeah. is, that's fans giving money to them, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that they have a responsibility to give a little bit back to the fans. And that's what a place like this is all about. You know, yeah. this is the biggest video game convention in the world. 250,000 people come here over the course of a week. Like, make a booth yeah. and celebrate and celebrate your fans. It's, it's not like this is like par for the course or like Gamescom's gotten bigger without PlayStation. PlayStation used to show up. Yeah. PlayStation used to, this is where PT got unveiled. Mm -hmm. Like, oh yeah. wow. PlayStation yeah. used to have like a big presence at Gamescom. And the thing that, that blows my mind is like the sort of, I mean, so much of, of like the business side of things has shifted to Europe. Like Herman Holst is in charge of PlayStation Studios. He is, uh, I, I believe he's just in Amsterdam. Like he's, yeah. Oh. Really games is just down. It's just, it is a, 55-minute plane flight or a three-hour train ride. It yeah. is just I, anything, you know? Jim Ryan has several private jets that can go here. Yeah, I know? just... I, and a yacht. <laughs> yeah, it would just be really cool to have some kind of a some kind of a thing to show off, like, and just actually... I don't know. I don't know. It just it feels kind of kind of left out. You yeah, know? we miss yeah. you. That's a bummer. Yeah. Come back. Come back. Yeah. Um, now, shifting gears, uh, we should talk about the little... Uh, the little thing. We should talk the about PSP. It. We're gonna talk about the PSP. Yeah. But not the PSP one. don't go. We gotta take a quick break with more tough love for the console manufacturer this podcast is dedicated to right after this. So they're making a new PSP, except it's not exactly what we were hoping it would be. The uh, Project Q is now being called the PlayStation Portal, which is the remote play device. It is not, it's just, it's just remote play. They revealed a bunch of stuff about it. It's uh, 200 bucks. Uh, Bo Moore got to go check it out. Uh, I, this thing is, a, it's basically a $700 Wii U. Yeah. Because it requires a PS5 to play it and yeah. it costs 200 bucks on its own. And I, I really, I'm genuinely concerned that it's gonna have the inverse problem that the Wii U did, which was people didn't realize it was a new console. And in this case, it's not a new console. And I think people are gonna grab it on its own and be like, wait, what? Yeah. Like this is this is gonna get returned this Christmas if parents buy it for kids who don't already have a PS5. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah. I feel like it would be a really great addition if it was its own separate thing because, I mean, of course, it's not going to be the same as having a PS5, so why not give like a cheaper option to some, maybe raise the price a little bit more, have it be in its own standalone thing. Um, why not let people enjoy the game if they don't want to have a huge PS5 or, you know, if they just want a yep. few games to play, right? If yep. this thing let me access my PS5 library without a persistent internet connection, I would be the happiest man in the world right yeah. now. Yeah. Because this is extremely my ish. Like, this is exactly everything I want PlayStation be doing. It makes me miss the Vita and the PSP. But as it stands, it is a remote play only device that doesn't do cloud streaming. And so it requires a connection to your home console, which needs to be on. Mm -hmm. You far away from you. You can, <laughs> you can theoretically access everything on your home console because it is just talking directly yeah. to yeah. your thing. However, you can't you can't do any cloud streaming of like PS Plus games. Yes. Oh which God. is like yeah. Like I, that makes sense because I feel like that's just internet going too many directions at once. But I, again, it's just it if that's a service they're trying to promote and trying to push and that's a thing they're it, yeah. you know, they offer it, it seems odd to sort of design a device that isn't capable of doing that. And yeah. I, it is bizarre that we're like, I don't know, the Switch is killing us. Switch is doing yeah. amazing. Well, initially when this sort of leaked and everyone's like, Oh dude, they're play you know, Sony's making a PlayStation portable. They're making a new one and I was thinking like you know, they probably learned their lessons from last time. Not to say like it was a failure, but it didn't exactly set the world on fire in the way that I think that they hoped it would with the Vita and the, and the PSP. Right. But I thought like they've learned their lesson now. Like PlayStation Five is the biggest con is going to probably be the biggest console of this generation. Maybe like of all, one of the biggest of all time. I thought, oh man, like Nintendo might be in trouble if they if they're putting this together. But yeah. then they put this this out, and I was like, oh, it's such an almost. Yeah. Like I I actually love the design of it. Like I think it's incredibly sleek looking. I wish it did more. But yeah, and also, who is it really for yeah. other than you? Well, there are people that like I saw that like a bunch of people saying like, oh, I can't wait to hack this thing. Oh. It's like, what, what are you gonna actually That's do with it? Well, like it's yeah, an what? Android tablet from six years ago. Like, what are you, are you gonna put NES ROMs on there? Like, huh. sure, maybe. Like, if finally, you, yeah. Way to play if you have NES another games. way to play those things, like maybe you could get PSP games running on like a. Maybe like yeah. natively, no, but the thing that's that's crazy to me is that like I, it just the, the 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 little the little annoyances about it just keep going. It doesn't have Bluetooth. Yeah, what? You have, you have to buy a new headset if you want to have wireless headphones. Oh my god! There's a headphone jack which you can you know you can do that whole thing. But they're, like they're targeting the battery life of the DualSense Five, which is like what seven or eight minutes. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> it's just I, again like. Oh, it's, does it I, have the um, yeah. haptics? It does. It have does that. have the haptics, yeah. okay. which is cool. And like honestly, Bo didn't sound like he wasn't super negative on it. Like the, the of machine, course not. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, like I'm not against it. I just, I just. It it is, I wish it offered more. Yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be extremely good at doing something that it's specifically designed to do, and <laughs> yeah. basically nothing else. But, like yeah. if if you have a strong enough internet connection where you can get remote access to your PS5, or you know your significant other wants to use the TV and you want to keep playing, then sure, you well, have that. Yeah, but like the only time I use my Switch in portable mode is when I'm traveling. Like when I'm at home, even though it's the Switch, the graphics aren't like play yeah. they're not 4K PlayStation right. 5 graphics. Like I still like to play it on the big screen TV. Like I don't want to play a an amazing looking game on I mean, that like tiny little. The takeaway from the Switch is that like ultimately you can still sell a lot of consoles even if it's not cutting edge graphics. Yes. Right. You know, that's kind of always been the moral with Nintendo stuff, but like I <laughs> I, it would be so cool if we got something like the, the the product that I would want is like basically 
what, Se what the Sega Nomad was. Like, the Genesis was was waning out, and then Sega put out a handheld that played all of the Genesis yeah. games. Yes. And making, making something that can handle a PS4 game, yeah. which honestly, if they were to put it out, like, next year would probably have parity with whatever Nintendo's working on. Yes. Nintendo's yeah. not going to put out a Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or, or, like, something that could play my UMD version of The Matrix. Well, it's like, <laughs> I, I, think about, I think about, like, my Steam Deck, right? Yeah. I can remote play into my PS5. I can cloud stream my Xbox. Yeah. I can play Steam games natively. natively. I can pirate the hell out of the entire history of the internet and, and video games and play yeah. them there too. Um, my backbone controller adapter that I throw on my phone. I, it's, oh. It was like 100 bucks. Sometimes it's like 70 or 80. Same deal. Cloud streaming, remote play, and it's, you know, at a, a fraction of the price of something like this. Like, yeah. it's just... I just don't get it, and it's, it's bizarre. bizarre. This is a very expensive tech test. Yeah, it's cheaper anything. than I thought it would be, but also it doesn't really do anything. No, yeah. Right? I d yeah I mean, there's a the part of me yeah. where I'm like, if this was on sale, would I jump on it? Like, do I do I sort of want one? And it's like not even like a resounding, like if I were to see this yeah. on like Amazon for like ninety seven dollars or yeah, that's, yeah. Even if this then. were like a Black Friday thing, like a lightning deal for ninety nine bucks, I'd be like, oops, I, I just mean, spent ninety nine dollars. <laughs> if it's a little bit more than a regular controller, I'd be yeah. like, sure, why not? But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, the one thing that that did make me kind of like raise an eyebrow in, in curiosity, and again, I would love to see this thing in person and check it out. Uh, but Bo said that it uh, it. It like it's like instantly on, right? Like you pick it up and you just oh. play, and it's like you're huh. you're okay. assuming your PS5 is on. There's basically like a button on it that um, um, instantly access remote play, and I think that if that's something that they, they can get working well everywhere where there's decent internet, I mean, if you can tether to your phone's Wi-Fi and stuff like that, then great, um, or to cellular, but. Yeah, again, it's just like a very single-use thing. It yeah. looks incredibly well-made, but also it's just kind of boring. Yeah. Um, Matt Piscatello, who works for MPD, was tweeting out, um, and like he tracks this stuff, and he's, he's very good about like predictions. His crystal ball is is on point. It was basically like, hey, I predict like a 1% attach rate mm. to PS5 owners to this, with a bunch of people returning it once they figure out it doesn't do what they think yeah. it should do. And you know, if, if Sony's looking at metrics like that, and they're like, that's a success, then sure, but wouldn't you want to make something that has more people excited? Yeah. 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 Um, I, there's an old story, and I can't remember if it, this is talking about the cassette tape or the CD, but there's a story about, I think the Sony CEO wanted to listen to Beethoven's Ninth. I think it was Beethoven's Ninth on, on flights. And they were like, how long is that? All right, make it that long. And it was like the, the media was, was, you know, determined by the, the thing they wanted to test it with. Right. Oh, and okay. I, I mean, I, was this like a weird CEO demand? Like, I, want, mm. I can't help but wonder, like, oh. like my wife thing. keeps using the TV. There's yeah. got to be a bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be really just kind of, kind of, it would explain a lot. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. I don't want it to just do anything else. I just wanted to talk to my PS5. Just, just don't make make it just do that. Just yeah. one, one thing. It only does one thing. Um, I mean, especially <laughs> since it requires a good Wi-Fi connection, which some people don't have. Yeah. So, right. Kind of sucks. Mean, yeah, that's. I mean, that's the underlying issue with like with so so much stuff yeah. is that there's no there there yet. You know, like the. It's yeah. It's not. It's not even just that like some people don't have a good Wi-Fi connection because maybe you do at home, but like like we're we're in a nice hotel. Yeah. This week, the Wi-Fi there sucks. It's so bad. Like I couldn't. I couldn't. Dude, I couldn't use this thing there, yeah. you know? No, like, absolutely. We, we, we were on a train the other day, mm -hmm. you know? The Wi-Fi on it sucked. Like, <laughs> that's okay. It's not supposed to be great. It's not supposed, yeah. to be, uh, supposed to be great enough for me to, like, you know, play Horizon on, on the 4G network or whatever. <laughs> but, like, then give me an option to, like, sell a more expensive version of this yeah. that has a limited drive on it, you know, and lets me, lets me play things on yeah. it. And they don't have to be at max resolution or whatever, but... 
Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer. Yeah. And everyone watching at home, uh, please, please, please be nice to our guests from other platform podcasts for speaking ill of a Sony device. <laughs> We're all speaking ill of a Sony device. Yeah. It's a weird device. Let's be fair about it. Um, now, I want to spring a little uh, this is for a pop quiz on you all. Uh, what was your favorite part of Gamescom? Brian? Um, donor kebab. Donor kebab. Mm. Yeah. That's not, okay. It's like these, they're gigantic meats and <laughs> And there's a, there's a man who's been in like 104 degree rooms all day, and he just shaves them off yes. on French fries with a salad. So we had them we had them for dinner twice last night. Yeah, we had two yeah, different two yeah. different donor. It was Wait, really, oh really? really? Yeah. Oh, that's what you meant by you didn't like the one you had at 11 p.m. You had to time. Uh, Stella, what was what was your favorite part? Uh, honestly, the the people here. I I want to say like. Well, we also had a lot of European fans kind of come up to us and talk to us. That's They're really cool. so nice. It's yeah. Incredibly sweet. I, yeah. I, I heard really... the Europeans were cruel and, and just mean spirited. <laughs> no, that's American. Oh, that's uh, right. I got it all backwards. <laughs> no, it was it was it was absolutely such a pleasure talking to so many people, and they were all so kind, and yeah. it was yeah. it was very nice. I mean, yeah. I, the thing I love about Gamescom is that it it knows what it is. You know, like yeah. there's a business side of it, there's a you know marketing side of it, but it also is primarily like it is a gathering of, yeah. of the gaming community, and it's yeah. like it. You know, everyone put, puts on, puts their best foot forward, makes cool booths, and shows cool stuff off. And it's like if PAX took E3 what yes. it used to be yes. and just smushed it together. That is exactly yeah. it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> half a million people from Europe. No, I mean, it's you see a bunch of people really like loving something, and it's, it's yeah, it's, yeah. It's cool. uh, Seth, what was your what did you, what was your big favorite thing? My big favorite thing about this year's Gamescom was that I didn't go to the hospital <laughs> with a kidney stone. <laughs> That's right. Last year you landed in about a day in. Yeah. You're like something doesn't feel good. And uh, you I had didn't body even make rocks. it into it. I woke up the first night oh. and I had. No. To go to the, uh, to the body rock doctor, the body <laughs> rock doctor. <laughs> yep. uh, you you did tempt fate though. You did court death a little bit. Oh yeah, I went up in a 150 foot crane and oh, played yeah. City Skylines too, which was awesome. And somebody dropped their phone. And someone right? dropped their phone and it reached terminal velocity and it, <laughs> it atomized when it hit the ground. <laughs> that is so good. Um, I feel bad for making fun of that person, but they can't watch this because their phone. Oh, is no. <laughs> No, I, Gamescom is a ton of fun. It's, it's honestly really fun getting to hang out with you guys. Yeah. You know, see tons of people. And we, I don't know, we, it's, we also have like a, a tremendous crew working behind the scenes, working very, very hard to make Shout out to Jack Shoot. Yeah. Thank you the to best. everybody. Jack the Shoot. best crew in the best whole world. Um, I love them every year. They are the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lovely this people. Is, this is all very tightly, you know, tightly scripted uh, show. We do everything really by the, by the second, by the minute. Uh, we might have a minute too long. What should we do for the next, well, like, okay, I want to point out that the seconds. crew had to, like, deal with us talking about games and, like, how excited we got about coffee in a simulation game, and they all just died laughing behind the scenes. We're all tired. Scenes. Coffee really simulated cute. or otherwise is a thrill. <laughs> they had to tolerate a bunch of jet-lagged and ex extremely sleepy people oh, talking wait, about bus simulators. and We've just been, like, toddlers, swords. honestly. I don't know yeah. how they've dealt with yeah. this so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, we did an entire award show out of here yesterday mm -hmm. with a... Huge crowd. We have to do another one tomorrow. Yeah, I asked yeah, them to floss for me, and they did that. Like, I, like I've never dance, had such the, an accommodating yeah, yeah, dance. Right, the dance, the... not flossing my teeth. No, I no. would never make someone. That's do that. a really, there's, that's a mean thing to ask someone to do, and dentists do it all the time. <laughs> I think it's terrifically rude of them. I don't like that one. This bit. is really derailed. No, it's it's fine. It's okay. We're, it's okay to get a little bit derailed. Okay, the good. wheels, the wheels are falling off. We're having a good time. 
that was a very special episode of Beyond. You can get more of Seth and Stella on Nintendo Voice Chat and Podcast Unlocked, respectively, or you can go follow Seth G. Macy and Parallax Stella on various social media platforms. We'll be back to normal next week with considerably <laughs> less production value because we won't have a massive stage with a huge, very tired, and extremely hardworking production crew backing us up. In fact, next week's episode is also going to be very special because I will be getting back from vacation the night before and we'll have about <laughs> 45 minutes to plan an episode. And on that note, we'll see you next time. Beyond. 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 Oh, beyond. <laughs>Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.